What the heck is going on, everybody? It's your guy, Snowbike Mike, welcoming you to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I am joined by my two incredible co-hosts, and they are both back this week, and I am so happy. Of course, Alana Pierce, welcome back. How are you this week? Been real busy, Mike. Real busy. A lot going on, but... Great news. Uh, Gears 5 is officially uh, forwards compatible, optimized on the Series X. Beautiful Ooh. multiplayer, 120 hertz, 4K. Been playing a lot of that. Chef's kiss, Alana Pierce says. And I'll tell you what, Alana, I cannot wait to get my hands on this optimized version. We're going to be talking about that in just a little bit because some big news for Gears 5 coming our way. You've had a busy week, Alana. I know you got a, a busy weekend, I'm sure. What cool stuff are you doing tonight or tomorrow or throughout the week coming up? Uh, it will be tonight, which means it will have been yesterday. I'm doing a, a charity stream for Black Girls Code, where I've got a bunch of very cool female creators together um, to raise a bunch of money. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun because I've never seen an all girls group of uh, Among Us. And I'm like, I'm excited for that chaos. So the VOD will be on my Twitch. I might leave it. Uh, I'll probably leave it unlisted on my YouTube channel as well. So you can catch that after the event if you'd like. But yeah, I've actually got a lot of streams all weekend. And then next week, just a bunch of horror content. Uh, my favorite video game is a survival horror. A lot of my favorite games are horror games. So uh, Halloween is an excuse for me to play scary games. And I am very into it. Does that mean we're going to play Deadly Premonition, Alana Pierce? Because I think I remember that's the game, right? It is my favorite game. Um, Deadly Premonition, not that scary to me now. It was when I first played it, but now it's mostly just funny. Uh, so I guess I could throw a Deadly Premonition 2 stream in there, but I'm very infrequently scared of that franchise. It is mostly very entertaining. <laughs> but I'm doing Phasmophobia and, and New Amnesia came out. All that good stuff. Well, some dope stuff going on over with Alana Pierce. Now we got to get to the other co-host, my guy, Gary Witta. Man, oh man, I've missed you. Gary, how have you been this week, my friend? I'm good. I'm sorry that I missed uh, last week because, as I said to you before the show, Mike, the 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 next gen, the Series X, uh, is now so close. I can practically taste it. I can smell it. It's so close. In fact, with Alana, it's like what, like probably like eight inches away. For us, it's, it's, we're, we're still waiting on ours. We're, we're, they are coming, though, Mike. They are coming, and we're so excited. Like, I just want to get my hands on those on those consoles. Um, I just, I, I'm so ready for that next gen. And maybe as, as Alana said, since that, um, uh, gears five is getting that glow up, uh, for series X, maybe that's, maybe that's the playground in which we should do this, uh, X cast, uh, horde mode game that we keep talking about doing. Yeah. Let's that's do a it. great idea. Less than a month away from launch. Now, Gary, Witta, I know you do incredible stuff, just like Alana Pierce. What are you creating? What are you cooking up this weekend that we all should be watching? Thanks for teeing up the plug, Mike. You're an absolute pro. You're <laughs> such a pro. I love it. Let me let me promote my stuff. Just real quick, I'm very excited. As you know, I am the creator and host of Animal Talking, the uh, world's first and only late night uh, virtual talk show that takes place entirely inside a video game, the world of Nintendo's Animal Crossing. Uh, we've had some incredible guests. In fact, you know, you remember uh, Phil, the great Phil Spencer, um, who we all stand around here, um, was uh, a guest on our most recent show. But that was like two months ago. We were on a brief hiatus, but it's back. It's back. Animal Talking is back uh, with an all-new episode uh, right now. You can, you can head on over to youtube.com slash gwitter. That's G-W-H-I-T-T-A. We have an all-new episode with some incredible guests. Shroud, who, of course, we all know, Mike, you know better than anyone as, as, a, as an esports guy. Um, uh, one of the, uh, an esports legend and one of the, the top uh, guys on Twitch. 
uh, Shroud uh, joins us on the couch for a, uh, a really cool discussion. Uh, my good friend Kate Stark, uh, Talk Guys um, uh, co-host and Four Mania runner-up, uh, is joining us as well. And here's the big one, uh, Gorillas, Gorillas featuring Beck, performing on the show. Uh, That's so cool. I know we have we have Damon and Jamie, the creators of Gorillas, on the couch for an interview, and we have Two D and Beck uh, on the stage performing a brand new uh, track, "The Valley of the Pagans" from the new album "Song Machine," which is out this weekend. They debuted that track on our show. Kind of amazing. Very excited. YouTube.com/slash/GWitter is where to go. Uh, by the time you you're hearing this podcast, that will be live on YouTube. So go check it out. You two are doing some really dope stuff. I'll tell you what, the Gorillas. And Shroud, you got Beck in the mix over there with Alana and all girls among us and Horror Week. You guys, you guys are doing it all, and I love it. But guess Way what? Too flattering, but I'll take it. Dude, <laughs> I, you know I love it. It's right. But guess what, y'all? None of that matters because what matters right now is an hour of Xbox talk with your favorite people from Kind of Funny. So let's jump into it. Of course, some housekeeping news. The Xcast poach each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, best coast time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. So make sure to like it, make sure to share it, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out all the awesome content that kind of funny does. This may be your final Xbox weekend here at kind of funny as I keep track of Greg Miller's first ever playthrough of Halo Combat Evolved. I believe we are nearing the finale of this playthrough that will be posted on Sunday. So make sure to go check out Greg Miller's first ever playthrough. I believe it's the conclusion here of Halo Combat Evolved, your final Xbox weekend. We had 10 weekends over here at Kind of Funny, all about Xbox, a whole lot of fun, but the fun doesn't stop. We got Donktober coming back at you. Barrett from the producer's <laughs> yeah, booth, Donktober tomorrow. <laughs> Donktober. Uh, so today, later today, when you're if you're watching this, uh, the morning uh, Xcast comes out uh, later this afternoon. Blessing and I will be live over on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games with Donktober Part Three, continuing our DK64 playthrough with the biggest DK64 fans around. We're getting close. I can smell it. We're getting close to Blessing's very first time actually rolling credits on this game. He's never done it, and I'm so I'm going to be so proud and excited for him when he finally does. I have to ask because I like saying the word Donktober. Barrett, how is Donktober going so far? I mean, it was going well. You, you know, we had a delay uh, a little bit with Donktober just because of Blessing's absolutely <laughs> incredibly strong teeth. Uh, we we had a delay, so there's a little hitch there. But we came back and we're just we're we're going through it and we're realizing there's like a lot of um, subtle uh, sexual sexualness to Donkey Kong 64 that we did not realize as kids. Uh, Are you putting that in there, or is that candidly yeah. in there? <laughs> it, it it feels candidly in there. There might be a little reading into it from blessing side we'll see uh, wait i'm, wait, I'm curious be... can, can you can can you give me an example of, of the sexuality of, of donkey kong 64 so there, uh, this is new to me as well so there's a <laughs> there's a kong in the game called candy kong and she i think she is donkey kong's girlfriend um she is like the um um oh who's the who's bugs bunny's girlfriend um, you know Lola. that, you, yeah, you know, like Lola Bunny in the, 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 like the basketball, uh, uh, get up. Yeah. And space jam. All I'm saying is you keep sexualizing these kinds of characters and then, and then adults wonder why people have furry fetishes. Exactly. You know what you're doing when you design these. I, Come on now. We talked about that in the first episode of Donktober. You can, uh, you Candy can check Kong it out. has huge boobs. She is the biggest boobs ever. And here's the thing. When every, Hold when on, any Kong, list. when any Kong interacts with her, they always kind 
kind of like put on like this show like they're all trying to get with candy kong which is kind of weird because blessing and i were talking about like aren't they all aren't they all related since all of their last names are kongs oh my god (laughs) but anyway really can i just say i really wish i hadn't googled that but okay (laughs) all right that's good i digress dongtober has been fun so far we're in the last half of it uh part three later today uh the finale for donkoween next uh next saturday donkoween it must be uh fun to be making a show with kind of funny's number one halloween fan blessing it it is a it is a privilege to be working Mm. with the number one halloween fan uh at Mm -hmm. kind of funny blessing at area junior uh, and it, yeah, he's very excited because, of course, he loves Donkey Kong 64 and he loves Halloween. So maybe there I might know. be spun, uh, something special for the uh, finale of Donktober. Stay there tuned to go. find out. I still think you got to get those bongos. That to me is the is yeah. the way. Donktober two, maybe you got to get those. You have a whole year to get some Donkey Konga bongos. D- Donktober twenty twenty one. Kevin. Fine, yeah. just use Kevin for that. Yeah, get <laughs> Kevin involved. That has been your housekeeping news. It's time to jump right into the news coming from the world of Xbox. So let's check our dashboard. And oh wow, what a great week it's been. We got a fun one coming out today, actually. So let's kick off our show with the question: Hold up, is Phil Spencer? Going to bring us an xCloud streaming stick and will Game Pass increase in priced tiers? We're going to talk about that right now. This coming from Tom Warren at The Verge. The article reads, Microsoft's head of gaming and Xbox, Phil Spencer, has hinted that the company is planning TV streaming sticks for its xCloud gaming service. In an interview with Stretchery, I think it's strategy, but with a couple T's in there. I'm sorry for mispronouncing that. <laughs> Spencer discusses the potential for additional tiers of Xbox Game Pass, which could include a free bundled TV stick to play xCloud games. Quote, I think you're going to see lower priced hardware as part of our ecosystem when you think about streaming sticks and other things that somebody might want to just go plug into their TV and play via xCloud. Spencer says, you could imagine us even having something that we just included in the Game Pass subscription that gave you the ability to stream xCloud games to your television and buying the controller. Spencer also teases the potential for a, quote, Xbox Game Pass Platinum, end quote, which with guaranteed access to new Xbox hardware. Mm. Alana, I'm going to look right at you here. Let's talk so, about these tiers here. What the heck is going on? I have Stadia, um, and I have to use Chromecast Ultra plugged into the back of my TV to play Stadia on my TV. Um, so that's what I imagine they mean by stream stick, which is a term that I'd not heard before because, frankly, I don't know anything about entertainment. <laughs> like, anything that's to do with a TV and an Apple, and blah, blah, I just play video games. So I don't know what's going on here. Um, so that's what I imagine that that is. And that it is really handy and generally very small so i don't even see that that thing is plugged into the back of my tv it's just there um i was always concerned about look game pass is such good value that it's like frustrating that it's like the value is too good i don't what what's the catch and i've always been concerned that they would just raise the price when enough people uh came on board uh because they also give it away for free so like i've got i've gotten so many game pass codes uh, in, in just in different games, in physical uh, games, just so many Game Pass codes. But this actually kind of alleviates my concerns. If if Phil is talking about increased Game Pass subscriptions that actually include hardware rather than making it, well, we're going to lock DLC behind a more expensive subscription or we're going to lock this beho- behind more uh, expensive subscriptions. 
Um, I don't want them to increase the price of Game Pass uh, because they had a low price to get millions of people on board. That would be a bummer. But uh, if they're doing it, which seemed inevitable eventually to get people access to the Xbox, like the all access plans, but bundled with, well, I think they are bundled with Game Pass already though, aren't they? Yes, Xbox All Access at $25 and $35 a month will include an Xbox Series X and or S, along with two years of Game Pass Ultimate. Okay, so they kind of already do. Um, so I wonder what that does mean. But I, ultimately, like, I was concerned that they were going to raise the price of Game Pass. And if they're, they're doing it, but they're doing it in order to give you hardware rather than playing with how many things you actually get access to on Game Pass itself, then I am okay with that, I think. Okay, that will be a fun discussion we're about to have, Alana, because I'm going to challenge you on some questions there. Let's go to Gary. Gary, you once predicted a fire stick coming in a Chromecast style. What do you think about this idea? Yeah, I mean, I I did, I did imagine that something like this would be part of their kind of grand uh, plan, their grand strategy. I don't know if it necessarily makes a ton of sense to release a specific like dedicated stick. If for no other reason than, you know, the HDMI ports on the back of our TVs, you know, that's you know, you have to make very uh, careful choices about, you know, those are a premium base. There's like what most TVs have like two, three, maybe four HDMI ports and they fill up real quick. Like mine, you know, has the Xbox, the PlayStation, the Apple TV and the switch. And that's it. Like there's no room for another stick. Uh, so I don't know if there'll necessarily be a dedicated uh, stick, but I think that what you will see is the, uh, some kind of game pass app making its way onto the onto the boxes and the sticks mm. that we already have like the amazon fire stick uh like the apple tv like roku and i think you're gonna I, I call i predicted this as well and i still think this will happen i think you're gonna see it baked into smart tvs you know how you when you go to the store and you see the tv or how we used to go to the store and there's like a line of stickers <laughs> along the bottom or on the box of like netflix you know disney plus amazon yeah. roku spotify all the different services you can get baked into the tv you're gonna see that green game pass badge at, smart Gary, that, I like yes. it. Make um, it happen. Get it. Yeah, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be baked into smart TVs. It's gonna be. It, I think it is gonna find its way to all of the existing Chromecast, all the little dongles and box things that you plug into the back of your, um, uh, you know, all the popular ones. It's gonna find. You know, it's, it, they want to be where you're already at. Like I, I don't want to buy another stick just for Xbox. That's kind of a waste of an HDMI port uh, for me. So any TVs will have XCloud built in. May, I mean, maybe they'll figure something out. Well, I mean, that's a real, that's a really interesting question. But you know, okay. certainly Samsung, who who they're already in bed with on the on the X Cloud side, that makes a lot of sense. LG, you know, there's so many of the big TV manufacturers that it just makes sense for them. It's a value add, um, and I think you might even see it like starting to pop up on uh, the buttons of the remotes. You know how like the, so the, sometimes your TV remote has like a dedicated Netflix button. Mm -hmm. Maybe there'll be a dedicated Xbox. Uh, button and it just makes so much sense i mean this is the promise of stadia the, the difference is stadia has failed so far to fulfill the promise but the idea of listen you pay a subscription you pay your game pass subscription 15 bucks a month or whatever it is you've got an app on your tv bam get a controller you're you're, you're good you, you know that that's it you don't have to buy any any dedicated game with gaming hardware and i think that for that reason um xbox and game pass has got a much better chance of, of succeeding and delivering on that promise than stadia which was basically built from the ground up to do nothing but this uh i i, I think they'll get there and they'll get this right long before uh stadia does uh so i'm very excited about that very excited about the you know the on the go uh the gaming you and i might just talk i just got my new iphone we just talked about how um now we can get we can do kind of the not not necessarily uh, xCloud, they're still figuring it out, but at least remote play now is a new thing. So 
um, there's this whole idea, this whole kind of big Phil Spencer galaxy brain vision of like Xbox gaming going with you everywhere, infinitely accessible across, you know, a wide variety of devices, no matter where you are or what you have available to you technology wise. I, 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 I do think that they are going to deliver on that promise. And I think it's really exciting. I do yeah. want to say, uh, I just this week had one of our inside gaming staff members, the video should be up today because I just watched it down, um, go and play uh, xCloud outside because everyone's tests have been inside. I made a video on my channel and people were like, you're testing it inside. And it was like, sure, I wasn't on my own home Wi-Fi at some points, but I can't go outside being high risk. So I had them go to like a park and a museum and like on this little journey um, to test xCloud outdoors. And a lot of things didn't function. Uh, like Forza was unplayable. Uh, even on, they tested their, their speed and I think they had 56 down. And uh, and I don't know how that really pertains to streaming. Ping was 61, but Forza was completely unplayable, awful-looking blob. However, No Man's Sky was basically... A, no Man's Sky worked really well. So it seems like an outdoors test of xCloud right now is the infrastructure still isn't quite there. Um, it is not working great outdoors, but to what Gary's saying, something that works on your TV is already going to be uh, set up to your home Wi-Fi, which is weirdly the ideal condition because i would prefer to just play on my series x than to play via x cloud mm, but yeah. i do love the idea of someone being like hey do you want to jump in and play this game real quick because sometimes that happens and i'll be like oh well it's only a one gig download so sure but if it's something like a gta it's going to take me an hour <laughs> probably not quite that long but it's going to take a long time that's where i think you can jump into x cloud instead on a really big download um like your call of duties and uh, a lot of multiplayer titles. So yeah, did did want to note that I finally managed to test that after all, all of our xCloud conversations that it uh, in LA, where generally connections pretty good, doesn't function very well outdoors. Yeah, I think in that regard, the idea is a little bit ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's going to take, I think, like real, real blanketed rollout of like true 5G everywhere for it to really deliver on that promise. You know, 5G is not really there yet. I think we're still maybe a couple of years away from from 5G feeling like, oh my God, the speeds are blazing fast everywhere I go. We're not quite there yet. Um, there's literally like four streets in San Francisco where I can get like that ultra wideband 5G that, you know, yeah. that, that will, that will you know, be, that's faster than my Wi-Fi at home. Like the true promise of 5G is I think still a ways away. But so that, but that means that Microsoft and Stadia and these other people that are like banking on the cloud are very well positioned for this to really come into its own once that, uh, ultra wideband architecture is like fully scaled out everywhere. It's just you know we're, we're at the we're in the very beginning uh, process of that. It's worth noting yeah. it isn't their fault. It's not it's not XCloud's fault. Uh, it, it is absolutely just the uh, service that we have access to rather than have they. It, 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 it's interesting. Have they been messaging like representing saying that you should be able to play this stuff on the go over cellular connections or just where when Wi-Fi is available when you're out and about? Because I I don't know if they, how. how specific their messaging has been but you know it's I, i'm sure what alana just said i have no trouble believing that a lot of these games are struggling over you know even lte in a good in a good area because um you know it's i i i, I think you're going to need fast wi-fi or 5g to, to have anything like a, a satisfying experience it seems like maybe i'm wrong but i don't i don't know how 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 much microsoft has been pushing the oh yeah like you know connect on the go over 4g and have a great time i think they're generally very good at messaging and we're getting so much transparency from them and like you know um 
people have had Series Xs for a number of weeks, uh, but there are some things that I feel like some I have people, to explain. Some people, Anana, some of us have had Series Xbox X's. Series Xs for a number <laughs> for of weeks. A couple of weeks. <laughs> but there are sometimes things that I feel like I have to explain uh, about a choice that um, Xbox has made because people are very unclear. Like I had to make a detailed video about Quick Resume being like, this is you've misunderstood the point of this like people keep being like why do i want to swap between three games in an hour and i'm like no 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 no. it's for every game that you play in an entire month will start that fast so anything that you frequently play is going to be in that bank of games that you have quick resumes that you can start up whenever you want it will save you tons of time and you will use it every single day um the other one is is with xcloud people are like why would i buy this and i'm like I don't think you are supposed to be buying this the point is that you get it for free with game pass it's just an addition to a service you're already paying for. It isn't a separate thing that you have to pay for. Like, why would I buy this thing that doesn't work yet? You're not. It's just there as an addition to a library that they already expect you to play at home that you're already paying for on Game Pass. You're not exclusively buying xCloud and I don't think anyone is telling you buy an xCloud subscription because that doesn't exist. Uh, and that's a weird one. It's like right now it really is just like a peripheral option that expands the amount of uh devices that you can play something on and i think probably the coolest thing gary which i would love to have you test is uh the idea that you can have someone on your tv play sea of thieves and then someone else just join immediately on their phone sitting next to each other on the couch oh like that okay seems like a really cool idea to me um but that is obviously very specific to like a family setup or, or a, i guess multi-gamer household setup um, oh, nice job! <laughs> by by the way, Lana, I'm I'm speaking of multi gamer households. I'm surprised that you that you even got the pushback that you did on that quick resume. Well, why do I want to skip back and forth? I do that all the time. In fact, quite recently, like I was playing a lot of Fall Guys, and my kid was playing a lot of Tony Hawk One and Two. Every time we skip back and forth, it was like, well, here's 90 seconds of my life. I'm not going to get back. I would love it if those games could skip back and forth more quickly. Well, like if I play a game that I find frustrating, which is any platformer, because I'm very bad at them, <laughs> I will swap to something else. When a level gets hard and then swap back, I do that all the time. Uh, I guess a lot of people don't, though. Like, when you think of the core gamer, it's people who maybe play five games in an entire year uh, where it comes to right. console market. Right. Maybe not even that many. Um, but the point is, basically, for those people, it works even when it's off and when it's been unplugged. I, the test I did where I, I had the Series X unplugged for 24 hours intentionally, I literally set a timer. Um, so it had no power and then plugged it in and quick resume still worked. So the point is more that for every time that you ever want to boot up one of those games that you frequently play, because people do often play the same games, um, it will start in, I think it's generally about eight seconds, six to eight seconds. Is, is I mean, to me, I mean, to me, that's really going to make all the difference in the world. Cause I'm the same as you. I have very low um, attention span. I get short attention span. I'm bored of I want to try something else, but sometimes I don't want to skip. It's like, Oh, this game's like, it's going to be like at least two minutes before I can even get it up and running. Mm -hmm. If we're getting to it, because I think it's going to get faster and faster. I think about like the next, I think about like whatever the next generation of Xbox is going to be, where it gets to a point where like swapping from game to game is really just like changing channels on the TV. Like yeah, exactly. If it becomes that fast, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, that's how it feels. Um, but again, the idea is, it, it, I already feel like I've saved so much time by not having to look at those startup splash screens uh, when I turn my console on because everything just quick resumes. Like, Maybe it's something that's difficult to explain, um, but again, I don't feel like I should be doing it. I feel like Xbox should be doing it. I'm just trying to explain something to people because I'm like, no, 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 this isn't just in one sitting. This isn't about you playing three games in an hour. I get a lot of you don't do that. It's about the amount of games you play over a year always being in your quick resume tray, always being able to be played in six to eight seconds. And I already feel like the amount of time that I'm saving is significant. Like it already I think it's feels one of those like, ugh. I think it's one of those things that a lot of people won't really get until they try it for themselves. Like, oh, actually, this is really cool, yeah. 
It's it is really cool. Like I have trouble now going back to my Xbox One X. <laughs> I am <laughs> instead mostly unplugging my Series X and walking around to my three monitors in my studio apartment <laughs> rather than like using the the Xbox One X that I have sitting right here because I'm like, but it's so far. You, you yeah, know, I'm very excited to hear that. He wants to whip his Xbox I, out the window. I right want to whip it out, Mike. You know, you know how much I, I know love you do. And, I, and I'm, I'm actually the funny thing is, I'm actually excited to take my One X. I, I got, I got to find someone to like hand that down to. I think I've got a friend who um, has, has, is still has like an old, like a clunky old um, Xbox One from like the very first generation. You know, the big shiny piano black one that they first launched with. Lucy James um, currently has mine, my original shiny piano black. I'm gonna, Xbox I'm gonna look, one. I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look forward to pass down my, uh, my one X to, to someone I think will, will read. There, there's Mike with it. Look at it. Not, n honestly, they not won. the best, not the best looking console they ever made. Don't you think? Pretty bad. Like that thing was too big, and very slow, and crashed a lot. It just uh, looks kind of cheap and plasticky to me. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. their best design. The, I mean, the, the, okay. Have you seen? Have I shown you guys this though? I don't know. If I, I don't have. know. What do you got? You want to talk She's about? She's shown me the fingerprints on the new Xbox. Consoles? I'm gonna be upset. Oh, Wait, okay. what is that? What the hell is that? Is that's that a Mike so Hard Lemonade? Mike Hard Lemonade console. Dude, that's sweet. Dude, that's yep. sweet. Wait, yep. and it's called Mike's Harder Lemonade? Did they make one that's like even more alcoholic than yes. the original one? Mike's Harder oh, is, yeah. is yeah. the, the harder <laughs> version. So, you know, if you want to talk about garish consoles. Is that something they wow. sent you? Yep. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awesome. I've okay. never plugged it in, but I have a, a friend that I was going to give it to for Christmas. I was like, this one specifically, that dude. He gets this you. one. This is for sure. Wow. All right. Well, we've been okay. talking about the future and it looks bright with the idea of possibly a streaming stick or like Gary brought up, right? The apps that will be onto your televisions all around the globe. That will be really exciting. But one that I really want to talk about, and Alani brought it up, right? Is this tiered game pass situation. Will we see different price structures? Will we see different layouts, whether it be certain games at a level, maybe DLC? Alani, you really brought that up as DLC. Will that be included? Will it be a fire stick for $20 a month or will we see the possibility of like, Hey, this is what the pro, this is what the premium, this is the platinum membership. Alana, $15 a month is really sweet for game pass. Ultimate. I love the price point. 15 million subscribers is what they were recently promoting. Can we go up from here? Will people lose their minds? If we take things away and restructure the pricing, how hard will this be for Xbox to really get this message out and get people on board with the idea? I just don't want it to go EA route. Like, the, have you ever tried to look up the release date for an EA game? It's crazy. Because it can long. be like, it'll be this day on this thing and this day on this thing. But this one, if you have this gold service and then this day for everyone else. And I'm like, hold up, what? And I just, it's it's infuriating and annoying and I don't want it. And I also just, I, I, I really appreciate the value of Game Pass for, you know, I've spoken about this before, but like lower income families uh, for people with disabilities who want to only pay that small amount of money to test a game um, where previously they had to spend $60 and then they find out in an hour that they can't play it. Uh, I just, I, I love the value of the service so much that this has always been a fear of mine that I don't think Microsoft would do is that they will increase the $15 base rate now that it's very successful with 15 million subscribers. And I'm just worried about that. I just, just don't make your tiers too confusing. I think having hardware tiers makes perfect sense. But I think yeah. if there becomes a tier where I pay more money to get games three days earlier than everyone else, I'm going to be like, it, they're, they're a business, they can do whatever they want. But I would be like, damn it, you guys, don't do that. Please, just give it to everyone. 
and, and by the way, I just, I just want to, I want to go back on something I said earlier because the more I think about it, I think I, I, I think I may have been, I think I may be wrong when I said I don't think it makes sense or I don't think Microsoft would do would do their own dedicated like dongle that like HDMI stick. I think they very well might because. I mean, why not? Imagine like a $99. I mean, you, there are dongles out there like that are 50 bucks, right? So some of these fire sticks are, you know, they're really, really cheap. 50 bucks or 100. Imagine one that's like 100 bucks that's the stick and the controller, right? Which is kind of what Stadia launched with when they did that founder's edition. The problem with Stadia was it was crap, right? But the, but the idea uh, was good to kind of ship a box that had everything you need. You know, plug this into the back of your TV. Here's the controller. You basically get everything you need out of the box. It's a turnkey solution. Imagine plugging. There you go. Imagine you and this crap. And this is similar to what Amazon's <laughs> doing with uh, with Luna, right? With the with the Luna, so you'll get a controller, you'll get a stick. It will go in the back of an HDMI. It'll go. It'll be a little thing like this big that will go in the back of your, your TV and an HDMI port. And when you turn it on, it looks just like you've got a Series S or a Series X running. The same UI. It's going to be indistinguishable from having the console sitting there. Um, and it will have all the yeah, you know, and and it will earn its place. Uh, you know, among your HDMI ports, because don't forget, of course, on an Xbox, you can watch Amazon and Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and Peacock and Shudder and, you know, all I, of the things, you know, all of those apps are there. So why not have that be one of your, you know, one of your entertainment boxes? I think it's pretty likely um, that they would. And I, I guess, yeah, it's a weird one to have dedicated when it could be an app in something else. But I think the reality is like, I have a HDMI splitter already um, so that I have more right. HDMI ports on my TV. The reality right. is, we're probably just at a point where TVs need to start coming with more ports. <laughs> yeah, um, true. But so, I mean, I mean, look at the way that Apple does it. Apple sells you an Apple TV, a dedicated box that has the Apple TV service. But you can now on Roku and all kinds of other services just download the Apple TV app, subscribe to Apple TV, and get all that content through a different piece of hardware. And I think you know you can do both. So I I think there is a good maybe they'll call it like the Xbox Mini or the Xbox Stick or something. It's like you know ninety nine dollars controller dongle. This is your this is your cheapest possible gateway into the Xbox world, the ecosystem. Hey, you're an Xbox gamer now. Um, you know, obviously, you got to be willing to make some concessions. You got to have a really good internet connection, and even over a really good internet connection, sometimes the game is going to stutter or hitch a little bit because the streaming isn't perfect yet. It's not going to be the same as having all the you know the dedicated processing hardware sitting on your you know in your entertainment center, like if you have an X or an S. Um, but Again, they they they've gotten very aggressive in terms of the entry level two ninety nine with the Series S. This would be the next level. Again, guess what? the 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 price of entry into the into the Xbox world is now you know whether it, it could be as cheap as ninety nine bucks if you want to buy the stick, or as cheap if you've got if you've got your own controller, Bluetooth controller. Just download the free app, um, sign up for a, a service, and away you go. I, I I to me it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, could I we... I am in support of it. Okay. Could we like see a a dongle stick and a controller combo similar to Xbox All Access, maybe nestling in at that sweet twenty dollar price point for per month for you know a year, two years, and then maybe after you pay off the dongle and the controller, essentially like a phone, right? Maybe that Game Pass tier goes back down to fifteen dollars a month to make it a little bit easier. Like, hey, if you pay four months for twenty dollars a month, you're going to get the dongle, the controller, and Game Pass Ultimate. And then we'll kick you down to 15 after, you know, that price is recouped or whatever you want to call it. Do we see that fitting into that access, all access model? That would be a fun discussion. I'm really excited to see what that could be. And then on the flip side, Alana, I am worried, right? Game Pass is the ultimate. It's funny. You know, you've brought it up. You've banged the drum. And I know a lot of people believe in it just like I do. It's like, wow, the value is incredible, right? And I was sitting with a friend yesterday. He said, 
Mike, do you think Game Pass will increase in price? And I think of Bethesda now. I think of the EA partnership. I think of Destiny with Bungie. I think of now Rainbow Six Siege coming to Game Pass. And I think of all these awesome partnerships. Do we think that could become a tier where it's Game Pass with the basic first-party studios and some third-party games into, hey, this is the Game Pass premium. This has EA. This will have, you know, other partnerships that we create down the line. Does that worry you at all, Alana? Or do you want to, you know, could you see that happening? I mean, yeah, I can. It's business, you know. Um, yeah, it concerns me. And it's so funny. This is like one of the viewpoints that I have that gets me the most hate on the internet is that I'm like, I would like things to be cheap and accessible to people. And they're like, shut up, let Microsoft make money. <laughs> like, oh, which is how I feel is I'm like, I want everyone to have a good time. Uh, it's made people very upset with me. But yeah, I think, look, I think it's it's likely. And because I have been concerned about it, it it means it's something that I've already like partly accepted could happen. Um, but I really hope it doesn't because it, it's also if they increase the price in any significant way, it goes from Game Pass is the best deal in gaming, which is a thing that even media are saying to something along the lines of like pretty good value. Like, do you really want to lose that? Do you really want to lose the best objectively the best deal ever to like, yeah, you know, it's all right. So it depends how they message it. And you're right that like when we have more of those first party games, like the, the Bethesda acquisition, obviously being a huge one coming through, uh, everything could really change. I, I hope they don't, but business is business and so they can do whatever they want, really. <laughs> but I would like it to just stay the same. I'll throw this one out to you, Gary. Here's one for me. I, I love Game Pass and we've touched on it before. Just like Alana said, I want something affordable for me who's working a nine to five to be able to play a lot of games that I would never play. But you know, one thing that is missing is the DLC, Gary. And that's one when I look at um, Outer Worlds, I look at what we're going to see with Doom, and I say, man, I really want that DLC, and I wish it was included. I might be open to pay $20 a month to have all of my first-party studios DLCs included with Game Pass. That would be kind of interesting. Where do you fall on DLC, Gary? Are you, you want it included on Game Pass? Do you want to pay the extra just outside of that? Where do you fall on these kind of situations? I mean, I agree with Alana that keeping it simple for consumers is the best. I actually don't mind having like some tiers, like a gold, silver, platinum, whatever. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, you know, it's it's nice to have options. Um, uh, you know, so you want you want to have like a bare bones option for people that don't have a lot of money, but that's really all they want. Um, and for people that are willing to spend a bit more money and want like the full, you know, thing. Uh, why not? I, I can certainly imagine a tier where DLC is um, included and having that and having that additional tier um, in a way maybe simplifies it because right now the, the situation is not super duper simple. So, hey, you get the game on Game Pass, but DLC, you got to buy a la carte. Why not just have a one, you know, a one, like a like a platinum tier or something that says, yeah, you if you if you play if you pay this for this service then we'll never ask you for any more money ever. Like DLC, everything's all folded in. You know, it's it, that in a way is simpler because there's no like, oh, buy the game, but you have to pay extra for the DLC. Just give me a tier where all the DLCs um, included, but don't get carried away with the tiers where there's like five. You, you don't want it to be like one of those things where like EA or Activision bring out a game now and you've got to get like a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet out to figure out like what version of the game you're exactly. getting and what features it gets you. That, Especially that, when you've already got that with the SNX, right, Gary? Like we already have that issue that I think you flagged more than I have as like a, if we already have this confusion, we don't want to add another spreadsheet of like, okay, so the Series S but with gold gets me this and this, but it's not in right. true 4K. Like it, it could be so confusing. 
Yeah, and it, and it has gotten confusing. And I think if they just could, if they could keep it to like three simple tiers or something that where it's, where you don't have to look at like a big grid of different check boxes and check marks and stuff like that, uh, that would be for the best. But I certainly think there is in in again in the spirit of actually keeping it simple, it um and simplifying the the offering. Uh, why not have a, uh, a a one you know a one a one uh, tier to fit to to rule them all super duper platinum diamond edition or whatever where wouldn't that be ultimate uh, right now I was just thinking about it they, I guess there I mean yeah because what, 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 yeah. yeah, what is uh-huh. yeah what is yeah what is more ultimate than ultimate super duper ultimate I don't know <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah they uh, um, uh, yeah it would it would be nice to see, it would be nice to see a tier with the DLC included again I don't I, I'm not an expert I don't fully understand like the economics of how it, to me how they make the economics of Game Pass work even to begin with you know I I don't even begin to understand I'm just glad apparently it does work uh, and so I I can't speak to that like in a uh, authoritative way but yeah it would be it would be nice to just just because I'm lazy and I don't want to have to think very much it would be nice to have one subscription where I just don't have to oh wait I've got to buy the DLC now just like give me everything and I'll pay you up front you know uh, whatever the 20 dot 20 bucks a month or premium tier is all right I, I don't this is this can't be correct but if if it's 15 dollars a month which obviously most people I don't, I don't know what the split is but not necessarily everyone's paying that and then 15 million people have it that means they are making two hundred and twenty-five million dollars off of Game Pass a month, if my math is correct, which I will never suggest that it is because I'm very bad with numbers. <laughs> just type it in the calculator. We don't know. That's what I did. <laughs> I, I just did fifteen times fifteen million. So. And again, uh, the thing the thing for Microsoft is how can we get as many people buying subscriptions as possible? It's good for the company. Like the the investors and the stock market are much more interested in. And this is why companies like Netflix and other subscription models do so well. They're much more interested in signing people up long term, getting 10 bucks, 15 months from them. Oh, even that some people just forget they even have the subscription, the billing just keeps recurring. That that is much more interesting uh, from a business perspective than just selling you a box for 300 bucks one time. And who knows if we ever get ever get any more money out of you. Mm -hmm. So. Again, it makes sense for them to do that dongle or to make, again bring bring the this is why the all access thing makes sense, right? You 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 pay twenty five bucks a month and we give you the hardware, you get it on installment plan. The lo- the lower they can make that that bar to entry and get you in at the lowest possible level and just get your credit card number and start billing you on a recurring basis. That's what they want to be doing. Uh, and so the dongle, the stick, the baked in app on the smart TV, that's that's all part of that strategy, I think. Really quick, uh, I I can confirm Alana's uh, the math there and then if we did it crazy if we went crazy and uh multiplied by 12 which is uh on average what they would be making a year be 2.7 billion dollars a year so nearly it's a lot of money but that said again that's only assuming everyone's paying the 15 dollars subscription which they yeah and that'll that'll go up and down throughout the year and stuff so that's like a kind of possible overinflated yeah yeah that's like like, let's just say probably making about a billion dollars a year meaning that uh (laughs) I mean, yeah, I initially, I remember asking Aaron Greenberg, like, how are you making money? And I think he ultimately said, well, it's not really about that right now um, or something along those lines. I hope I'm remembering correctly. But uh, like looking at it now and, and even the growth of Game Pass over the last 12 months is like, oh, no, that is a lot of money, actually, that you are making that you can put into better video games, hopefully. Um, but I don't know, like, how demanding the service is, like how how expensive is Game Pass to maintain? I I feel like the profit margin there is significant enough for them to fund 
the first party studios. Like I feel like it is <laughs> as a person who doesn't work in economics, we should stop talking about numbers. <laughs> but at this point, I'm like, I feel like Game Pass makes sense financially. It's viable. Well, moving away from numbers, Game Pass is one of the best things in value in gaming. I absolutely love and adore it. And I love the idea of cloud gaming. And I love the idea of the future. We will see if Game Pass does start to create tiers and different price points, which I think all of us as gamers and human beings know one day we will cross that bridge. But right now, let's keep rocking this $15 ultimate. Let's have fun with it. Let's talk about the future because Alana brought it up earlier. We got some big optimization announcements right now. So let's kick it off with Halo Master Chief Collection optimization coming November 17th. This coming from Halo Waypoint. In case you missed the announcement on Tuesday, we unveiled some of the benefits players will see on the Xbox S and X optimized versions of Halo Master Chief Collection. New console owners will be able to enjoy next generation features like faster load times, cross-generation play, adjustable FOV, and improved split-screen experience and up to 4K resolution at 120 frames per second on the Xbox Series X and 120 frames per second at 1080p on the Xbox Series S. It's It really is exciting to see our team pushing MCC and the legendary titles inside of it so far thanks to the power of the new console generation. Shifting gears a bit, after we announced the enhancements of MCC would be getting on the Xbox Series X and S, we did see questions rolling in about Halo 5 and how Halo 5 would play on the new consoles. While Halo 5 is not getting the same optimizations for Xbox Series X and S as Master Chief Collection, owners of the next-gen hardware are still going to see the benefits of faster load times and consistently higher-resolution gameplay. Alana, I know you and I, we love our Halo Friday nights with our friends. Master Chief Collection getting the big optimization patch a week after launch. How are you feeling about that? I kept wondering why I couldn't play Halo because I had downloaded Master Chief Collection and it would say not compatible. <laughs> and uh, I guess I showed it in a video and I had Xbox email me and be like, oh, here's why that's a thing and linked me to the announcement. And I was like, oh, it's because I'm waiting for the optimization, uh, which is the same for Forza Horizon 4 right now. Um, yeah, stoked. Would have been very surprised if they hadn't done this, frankly. So I'm not surprised by it but i love the monster chief collection i am very glad that it exists um it is something that i play very frequently uh yep uh, happy across the board Whew. gary Witta, you big halo guy what do you think about you know the adjustable fov the 10 120 frames per second what are you thinking I think in general, not just Halo, but across the board, we talked about Gears earlier as well. A lot of these, you know, kind of existing generation games are now getting uh, spruced up for the next generation. I think at least in the early days of this next generation uh, of Series X, Series S, this transitional period, those are going to be really valuable because, you know, we all know what it's like at the launch of a new console. There's only so many dedicated, you know, new games out there at launch. It takes a while to really build up. Uh, a library and so i think kind of filling the gap there a little bit is going to be the opportunity to revisit some of these games now that they're getting this this glow up i haven't spent a lot of time with master chief collection uh or with gears 5 as you know i only played a little bit with you recently uh but if they're gonna if they're gonna get a new uh a coat of paint you know fov uh faster frame rates you know just all kinds of you know graphical um upgrades that to me is a good incentive to go back and either revisit those games or check them out an additional sense to check them out now for the first time because they're kind of now they're next gen or semi next gen uh i think it makes a lot of sense it's really incredible uh alana kind of alluded to it right i in my mind i thought 
well, why isn't Halo part of this optimization list that we saw, right? Looking at all these first-party titles, Halo has to come. And for mm-hmm. them to put the backing and support behind Halo Master Chief Collection that has Halo Combat Evolved, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, Halo Reach, and Halo 4, that is bananas. And of course, when you think of Xbox, you think of Halo, right? And so I love the idea that Team Xbox is like, hey, we're going to bring this to the next generation. We're going to continue to support this incredible collection of games and multiplayer suites. And one thing that I'm really pumped up, of course, is the 120 frames per second uh, 4K on the Xbox Series X. But the biggest one is the adjustable FOV slider, right? I once had Andy Cortez, the Nitro Rifle, look at me and say, take that FOV slider and pin it all the way to your ears, Mike, because I want you to see everything. And I'm really excited to see that feature come to Xbox in this generation. We saw Destiny 2 announce that they'll add it on their optimization patch. And man, for Halo, 120 frames and adjustable um, FOV is going to be wild. Didn't uh, the new, isn't there, there's something going on with that in the new Black Ops as well, right? The the adjustable FOV is getting brought in as well on console. I don't know. It seems like there's a weird, there's a trend now that adjustable FOV has always been really popular in PC gaming, but it seems like something's happening where like a lot of console games are adopting that now. Maybe it's something that a lot of, uh, gamers were really asking for and now it's finally time to start implementing i it's don't know but i'm seeing it all over the place though, because i don't think you can have the fob fov be the same on pc as it is on console because console gameplay just by virtue of being on a controller not having a mouse is a little bit slower like i don't know if this is just my take but i always feel like you know uh, i believe apex has uh adjustable fov on console if i'm remembering correctly there was something that i was playing recently where i tried to have the same fov that i had on pc and i was like it doesn't work as well it has to be uh, less on console so it it just because you that fraction of being slower makes a huge difference when you have more screen to cover ultimately that that actually reminds me of something really interesting uh that came up on this week's animal talking when we had shroud on the show uh i know this just sounds like another like me kind of segueing into a plug but this is genuinely <laughs> genuinely appropriate so we had shroud on the show who, as you know is a big pc gamer right he, he was a he was a counter-strike uh, global offensive pro who went into who you know, went full-time twitch streaming uh, and he's mostly a PC guy. He's a mouse and keyboard guy. But I said, are you interested? We had next generation consoles just around the corner. Are you interested? Because I'm really interested because I think finally now the technology, the, the these consoles are now powerful enough that I can finally plug a mouse and keyboard into these consoles mm. and really play the way that I would on a PC. Uh, he, he's tried that in, in the past and even up to the current generation, PS4 and, and, and One X. It's ju- they're just not fast enough to give him that kind of really twitch mouse and keyboard gameplay mm-hmm. that he expects on a high-end PC. But he's expecting and is, and is optimistic that Series X and PlayStation 5 will be able to kind of truly replicate the speed uh, th- th- that you would expect, you know, a, a high-end mouse and keyboard experience. And I'd never considered that, but that's another really interesting thing that, the, that these higher uh, spec consoles are, are going to unlock for a lot of people that want to play mouse and keyboard on their consoles. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see the power of this. Now, of course, we did touch on Halo 5 not getting an optimization patch. It will see some of the benefits that we've talked about before. And Alana, you can speak on this on non-optimized games, getting kind of that boost through the hardware and how much powerful it is. Are you sad to not see Halo 5 getting this optimization patch? Because for me, right, I'm a big Halo 5 multiplayer guy. I absolutely love and adore the arena mode that they created in that. And I bring my friends back to that weekly to play arena mode in Halo 5. And I am a little disappointed that Halo 5 won't be getting the optimization patch of course, I know it is new and it will be getting the little boost, but man, to see that at 120 frames, to have kind of the benefits that this optimization patch is having for Halo Master Chief Collection, it's 
skipped on Halo 5 kind of, you know, just hurts me a little bit as I really love and adore that arena mode. Alana, you're my Halo person as well. Halo 5, are you like, hey, Mike, we can just skip that. Don't worry about it. Or are you a little disappointed like me? Um, I think you're right to be disappointed. I think that that is the correct response. That This is something that should be optimized. Uh, it's odd that it's not. And, and that community is getting shafted a little there. Um, my personal take is while I do actually think Halo 5 multiplayer is very good, I don't play it. So for me, uh, it is not an ongoing game that I return to. I probably haven't in years uh, at this point. So it's not something that's a priority to me personally at all. But I do also think it is something that they should optimize. I would guess the player base isn't there. Do we know how many people are playing Halo 5? Do you ever get an indication of that? No, I don't really look at the indication. I'm sure it's very low, Alana, as yeah. we kind of team up with the same people over and over again, you know, on the matchmaking side. Uh, I just found it weird, like, right, a first party, uh, first party exclusive, one of your biggest titles on the console. Just odd that that one was kind of left to the wayside there. I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, and then, of course, Gary, let's switch gears now. Of course, Halo 5 is a big one, but we have Gears 5 as well getting an optimization patch. And I think Alana might be able to speak a little bit to this, but this is coming from IGN, one of the coolest people on the planet, Miranda Sanchez. She has a quick rundown of what you're going to see coming to Gears 5 with the optimization. So Gears 5 campaign, new game plus details and story DLC in December. So here's a quick rundown from Miranda Sanchez and Team IGN. Uh, two new difficulty modes, Iron Man and Inconceivable, character skins for Kate, Diaz, Dell, and JD, weapon skins, jack upgrades will carry over into your new game, plus mutators and new achievements. This is all part of your campaign rundown. And then on top of that, guess what? Dave Batista is coming back. Yeah, if you've downloaded Dave Batista in the multiplayer pack, he's actually going to take the place of Marcus Phoenix in the story, he has new voice lines. He's going to completely replace Marcus Phoenix's character asset, asset, essentially. And so when you're playing the campaign, Dave Batista will be in there if you choose to have that one on there. And then finding, rounding it out, you have new DLC, story DLC in December, titled Hive Buster, which was the squad from the escape mode, which was my favorite mode in Gears 5. I'll kick it over to you, Gary Witta. What do you think about some of these new additions coming to Gears 5 on this next generation and optimization patches? Again, I think it's great because it breathes a whole new life into the game. Even if you've played a ton of Gears 5, there's now a whole new reason to go back and and check out you know the new stuff they've added. I love the Dave Bautista thing. Dave Bautista is like the closest thing there is in the real world to like a real Gears of War character yeah. walking around in the yeah. real world. He really, he really just looked like he just, he looks like he just stepped out of that game um and so he's a perfect choice for that um and all of the new modes and all the new features and all the you know again all the kind of kind of the retuning it for the uh increased power of the next gen consoles i, I again i think it's terrific and i think it will really really help it's, it's i think it's going to be a really cool thing going forward just you know in the long term but at least during this transitional period when we you know we, uh, there's always this thing it's going to be true with series x it's going to be true with playstation 5 you've got this new console but there's only a handful of like really brand new like fully dedicated next gen games to go with it at launch it's going to take a while for that next gen library to build up and so being able to revisit or again visit for the first time some of these games that have been that have been brought up to full next gen status or at least kind of semi next gen they're going to look better than you remember i think it's a great way to kind of fill that gap and it's for gears fans and halo fans um, I think it's I think it's uh, terrific. I love it. I applaud it. 
Alana, you're my you're my Gears gal. You were in Gears 5 on top of that. What do you think about this cool stuff and especially the story DLC? Well, actually, the thing I'm the most excited about is the Iron Man mode. Um, uh, it's basically a new difficulty that is sounds to me like a permadeath. What do they say? The quote here is um, the principal lead producer of Gears 5 said, if you're familiar with that in games like XCOM, which maybe is the best example where you don't want to die ever, you're trying to play through with one life in Iron Man mode. It's really challenging, and that's where bringing even your OP Jack is going to help you get through that, or certainly playing through co-op if you're both in Iron Man. Um, I think that sounds super fun. Like, Gears can be really brutal on a harder difficulty uh, in certain areas or certain boss fights, and yeah, I, I, I love a permadeath. I find them very stressful and i've never finished anything on permadeath but i'll always try and like see as far as i can get when i'm in the mood for it and i think that that's really cool um story dlc i'm curious what they're going to do like i just don't know what's going to happen with the gears franchise right now in general um being that uh rod ferguson left to go work on diablo so uh i yeah i have no idea what their plans are for the franchise right now and i didn't expect that to be story dlc um despite thinking that the the story in gears 5 is very solid um it's the it's a it's a rich story with rich characters at this point i think it uh really takes the foundations they built with four and the characters they introduced there and, and makes it something you can get a lot more attached to so yeah it sounds great didn't expect it didn't expect it to come in december uh happy about all of it but that iron man mode is the one that that got me like especially excited the dave batista thing just feels very weird like i wonder how uh, i'm forgetting his name the actor who plays uh marcus He's also Bender. He's Jake the dog. Oh, John DiMaggio. Thank you. Uh, I wonder how John DiMaggio feels about that. Do you think the like you take that as a slight? Like I've just been well, cut and paste replaced. I, I do hope this is. <laughs> I do hope this isn't a trend because this has been quite controversial. You see, in Spider Man with the yeah. with the PlayStation Five remaster, they completely recast the the face of the, it's the same voice, right? But they completely redid the face of Peter Parker and he looks totally different. And a lot of people were like, Oh, why, why did you do that? I just gotten used to this other guy who I quite liked. Now it's this kid. I mean, um, at least this one's optional. Yeah. Yeah. That, optional. That, that's, that's true. That's better. I mean, maybe that's the way they should, maybe that's the way they should do it going forward um, is, Hey, you can have the, the reskin version, the different version, but you know, the one that you love is still there. I know the Spider-Man thing was very controversial. A lot of people didn't like that at all. So I'm oh. glad they're not, I'm glad they're not doing the same all or nothing approach with, uh, with this one. This no, that would be a huge. If you tried to replace Marcus Phoenix, I would riot in the streets. You can't, can't be doing that to me. <laughs> I was going to ask you that exact question, Alana. Are you okay with this? But, you know, it's optional. And the coolest part Fine is it, yeah. this is a great push for Dave Bautista to be like, let's get this man the movie, right? We all want to see it. We want to see him in the gear. Let's get this man the movie he deserves and let's have some fun with this world. I really look forward to that. And with that, we are going to pause really quick. And say goodbye to our good friend, Alana, who has to go. I'm going to go on show for just about 15 minutes and quickly run down just some uh, app updates for you that you all want to hear about because there's some really cool stuff coming your way. And we'll end the show shortly after that. So, Alana Pierce, thank you so much for joining us this week. You are incredible. Have a wonderful weekend. And one more time, what cool stuff can people watch? Spooky streams on youtube.com slash charlottes and twitch.tv slash charlottes because I refuse to partner. <laughs> so, everywhere really. Uh, that's about it. Uh, yes, yeah, still doing these Friday night uh, funhouse streams, which is what I have to run to right now. Thank you for having me. I Let's get you in an Among Us game soon, Alana. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Let's do it. Let's play. We'll do it. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye have a good weekend. Gary Widow, would you like to stay for a quick rundown or do you need to go?
No, it's just us boys. Right. Let's, let's, let's finish out the show. Let's jump in there right now with a quick mobile gaming report. Yeah, that's right. Team Xbox has added touchscreen controls to 10 new titles. Remember, it used to just be Minecraft Dungeons with touchscreen controls via the Xbox Game Pass app over on your Android. And then on top of that, we have a brand new Xbox app that is rolling out to all users. And the best part, over on iOS, you can now stream from your console and play games on your iOS device through console streaming, a.k.a. remote play. So let's jump in with the new Xbox app on iOS. Man, oh man, Gary, this is exactly what I wanted. This is something that Team Xbox has been promoting for quite some time, making that unified ecosystem, making it where if you jump on your phone, it feels like you're on your PC. It feels like you're on your Xbox. It feels like you're part of the ecosystem with all the different features. And Gary, I don't know if you saw the old app, but I'll tell you, this app is a huge improvement. It has a lot of things that you know and love from a homepage with your friends and different games that they have. You can, of course, install games over to your console. Just kind of the basic features you know and love. But the It's the, the same app, one, just updated, right? Uh, pre- pretty close. It, it's definitely got some nice updates. The biggest new update, of course, is console streaming, the remote play on iOS. Gary, I know, I don't think you've done it yet, but you have the new phone. I've been playing it, and I'll tell you, it is actually pretty legit. It's really cool to turn on the remote play on your iOS and have full control of your console essentially at home and play any of those titles. Now, I will say, comes with a caveat, it is not as good as cloud gaming via the Xbox Game Pass app on Android with the cloud gaming, but I'll tell you, remote play, a pretty cool option for Apple users right now. I played Halo 5. I played uh, Madden, didn't load up at all, so I'm not going to say I played Madden. Castle Crashers was absolutely incredible. The Witcher 3 was playable. Uh, Forza, eh. So I had some problems with Halo, The Witcher, and Forza, kind of with screen tearing with the lag input. But all in all, they were playable. The controls from a controller to the inputs actually were pretty tight, similar to cloud gaming. But you could tell that it just wasn't getting the love and the care the graphics needed to really make this an awesome experience but it, it was a cool experience in my in my opinion i think i think it's the beginning of something that i hope they'll continue to build out so again so this is this is really not that it's basically the same proposition that playstation used to have with the vita right you could remote exactly. play a playstation 4 game to your vita um i'm surprised to hear that it's not as good as x type you think just streaming a game over like a local connection like while you're in home wi-fi or whatever should be great i don't know why it wouldn't be as good but i like the idea in principle um, I'm curious, how were, how were you playing? Were you playing with your iPhone um, in, in a control with a bracketed to a, like a, a Xbox controller? Because the Razer gadget they sent us won't work with the iPhone, right? Because it's, it's USB-C and an iPhone still uses Lightning. So I can't, I can't strap on that, um, that, that Razer thing that turns it in, essentially turns your phone into a Nintendo Switch. That's kind of a bummer. And yeah, right now, a lot of iPhone, I'm, I'm an iPhone person, and I do feel a little bit left out in the cold uh, by the fact that the, the, the xCloud, xCloud, there's no, I know that Microsoft and Apple, they, they can't you know, get on the same page about how that would work. There are workarounds, but they need to come up with a proper uh, solution. Remote, remote play is something to have uh, in the meantime. I do have the little, I, the way that I would do it is that little bracket that lets you um, a- a- attach an existing Xbox controller via Bluetooth to the phone, I think would be the way to do it. I'm not, we talked about this a little bit before the show. I'm not the biggest fan of 
Uh, I, I like touch controls in games. I think when mobile games are built from the ground up for touch controls, you know, they, they are terrific. Um, and in fact, there's all kinds of games that use touch controls that have, that, have, that have brought in all kinds of new gameplay mechanics and ideas that wouldn't be replicable or possible uh, on a traditional controller. But what I don't like um, is when they take traditional console controls like a D-pad um, and you know the, the four buttons or, or a thumbstick and try to virtualize them and and turn that into you know where there's a little, there's little virtual thumbstick and virtual buttons on the screen to play traditional type types of games. I, I often struggle with those. Yeah, and they just added 10 new touchscreen games to Game Pass via cloud gaming. So let's talk about that really quick, Gary. You kind of touched on how you feel about the touchscreen controls. I encourage you and all of our best friends out there to go check this out. So 10 new games, Dead Cells, Guacamelee 2, Hellblade's Newest Sacrifice, Hot Shot Racing, Killer Instinct, New Super Lucky's Tale, Slay the Spire, Streets of Rage 4, Tell Me Why, Undermine, and of course, Minecraft Dungeon. Play so Guacamelee 11 total. Do it. Do Thank it. you, Sprite Baird. So now I'll tell you, I played a number of these games with the touch controls, and I first off want to commend the team over at Xbox for what they created. They really put out what they call the Touch Adaption Kit for game developers, which enables studios to easily map controller buttons to touch controls as well as create a native touch control designed for mobile devices. And of course, we designed the Xbox Touch Controls along with the same ergonomic principles that we have for the traditional Xbox controller, but with new controls that enable you to do everything with just two digits. That, of course, came from the Xbox Wire, but it feels just like that, right? I do not need to press multiple buttons. I can have just my two thumbs holding the holding the phone up and being able to play it. And the coolest part, Gary, is they have all the touch controls on the screen, but you can pause the menu and completely customize it how you want. You can move things around. You can mirror them. You can change them. And it's really cool to see the customizable options for what they have on the touchscreen controls. And I think it's only up from here. I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I, I, again, anything that simplifies the process is good. The controller and the bracket and the little gizmos that you add on to make it feel more like a game console, all that's great. But sometimes you don't want to be you know, dragging the plastic pieces around with you or having additional pieces of hardware. You just want to play a game on your phone. And the virtualized touchscreen controls, I think, can really help. It really do, and, it, and also, it really does depend on how well they're implemented and what kind of game. Like, you know, not all of these, not all of those 10 games that you just mentioned, some, I think, probably lend themselves to touch, you know, touchscreen controls better than others so it will be on a case-by-case -case basis but what the thing that really interested me what you just said about how microsoft is rolling out this touch um you know uh, development toolkit to developers to make it easy for them and to encourage them to make as many games uh as possible playable on just the phone right just the device with no additional hardware i think that really speaks to just how um kind of holistically microsoft is thinking about bringing xbox gaming to as many devices as possible um i i, I just think they're, they're going about this in a very smart way I love it. It's right, Gary. It's really cool. And so please, all the best friends out there, go check out your new Xbox app on all your devices. And for all my iOS users out there, make sure to go check out the remote play console streaming. Tell me what you think. It's a great option and uh, a good alternative right now since we don't have cloud gaming over here on this side. And then on top of that, if you're over on Android, go give these touch control games a try and tell me what you think as well, because I liked a couple of them. I didn't like some of them. And I want to hear what you like and didn't like. 
to round out our show quickly, remember Rainbow Six Siege has now been added to Xbox Game Pass and it is playable through cloud gaming with your Game Pass Ultimate subscription and cloud gaming. So make sure to check that out over on Android. I mean, one of the best first-person shooters ever, an incredible esports community that has thrived for multiple years now. This game is all that and more if you're looking for a fun tactical map memorization shooter, I think is what they call it. I tried my best there, but Rainbow Six is absolutely hot. To end it, of course, we're going to go with a quick game pass or play. And there's a really fun game pass game that I'm going to let Barrett Courtney, our producer, end the show with. Barrett, you get 30 seconds or less to tell everybody why they should be playing Katana Zero. Uh, it's, uh, it'll put you in that great, uh, cyberpunk vibe. You play as a kind of a ninja dude in a cyberpunk type of world. Uh, you don't know too much about your past and you think it might have to do with, uh, how, um, the country is being ran in this really, uh, like fucked up state. And it's just, it's really cool. It really messes with your mind. There's a really cool, like time mechanic that feeds itself well into the lore and story. Uh, that's something that I really love when they, um, when there's like a simple mechanic of like, oh, when you die in a room, you can restart that room and stuff like that. But they kind of justify it in the lore of the world, similar to like, um, uh, what's it called? Um, Hades. When you, when you die in Hades and you come back, there's like a, a lore reason for that. Um, it's it's really cool. It's really stylized. The ending will make you question a lot of what is going on, a lot of like what is true, what is just part of your imagination. Um, it's really fun. 2D uh, kind of side-scroller uh, slash em type of game. Uh, highly recommend it. It was one of my favorite games last year. Uh, please check it out. I'm looking at it right now. It looks like it has almost kind of a retro Dead Cells kind of vibe to it. Uh, retro, it's not a, um, uh, what's it called? It's not a, um, I'm blanking on the word. Um, Metroidvania? It, it's not like a roguelite. It's, it, it is right. like kind of a straightforward uh, kind of 2D hack and slash type of game. But okay. it's just like a I bunch like of really fun. I like the aesthetic. Bunch of really fun mechanics and seriously like a really, really cool story. And it's not that long too. Right. It's only it's only uh, like I think I beat it in like one session, like four hours or something like that. Mm -hmm. So highly recommend. It's on the list. Yeah, no doubt. Let's put it simple on our Xbox Game Pass or Play and or Smash. It's a smash that download button. That's how good this game is. So go check it out. That will conclude our episode for the week here on the Kind of Funny Xcast. Gary Witta, quickly, where can everybody find you? And what awesome thing are you doing? The number thing I'm pushing right now is my little YouTube channel because that's where an the new episode of Animal Talking is. That's where they're all archived. Also, out, uh, our other shows, Talk Guys, the Four Guys Talk Show, and Dungeon Crossing, where we play uh, Dungeons and Dragons inside Animal Crossing. But the big one is Animal Talking. Back this week, Shroud, Gorillas, Beck. My goodness, what a show. YouTube.com slash GWITTA, G-W-H-I-T-T-A. Please go over there and toss us a subscription and hit that little bell for the notifications and you'll be notified. Uh, we have a big Halloween special coming up, uh, the, the Animal Talking Halloween Spooktacular. Mike, I'm going to be asking you, as our resident hype man, intro man, to be putting on a spooky voice for our Halloween intro. It's going to be really fun. Uh, please go check out the YouTube channel. Uh, we'd love to have you over there. I love it. Well, that was a ton of fun. Of course, you can find me on all social medias, at Snowbike Mike, and of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Go out there and enjoy your Xbox weekend. Have fun this Donktober, and we'll see you next week. Power your dreams and have fun gaming. See you, everybody.